Welcome to the Crosswalk Community Church Podcast. Here's Mari Fitzwin with a special message from the Awaken Monroe Revival Service. Thank you, Crosswalk family, for supporting the revival. Those of you that came out each night or a couple of nights, the Lord did some incredible things for many of you, and there is much more that he wants to do. I uh, just been weeping this morning because we've been in revival, and the one thing that I uh, discern that the Lord is showing me is that we are singing songs and we don't believe what we're singing. We've got the melodies and the rhythm, but we don't really have the message. And uh, particularly the one the worship team was singing, uh, Laying Down My Religion. Could you put those, find those lyrics, um, someone back there and, and put just that particular verse up? What's the name of that song? Simple Gospel. Yeah. I just want you to glance at them every now and then because religion is not the thing. I want to know you, Lord, and my prayer is that after three nights of revival, that the revival continues, and that this is your heart cry. I'm laying down all my religion. I'm laying down. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know him. I want to know him. I don't want to know traditions and ways of man and what works and what makes you popular. I want to know him. So anyway, um, if you don't mind, just let's keep those up there. And, and I, I, I feel compelled to, to let you know that for the past maybe two or three months, I've had, well, longer than that with Keith, no communication with Keith. We always have a marathon conversations whenever he comes to North Carolina. And um, as you know from Keith, uh, just being in conversation with him is literally, as they say, like drinking from a fire hose. He's just, you know. And, <laughs> and so, you know, you have to either stand on a table or wave something and let him know, you know, I, I've had some experiences too, Keith. <laughs> I have something to say, but um, no communication with him. Jamie and I usually uh, text one another a couple of times, uh, maybe a couple of times a week, and maybe talk uh, maybe once a month. We're, we're both so busy. Why am I saying that? Because I want you to know that whatever words the Lord has given me to give you today um, have not been born out of a conversation that I've had with them. 
inevitably whenever I speak, because I do have um, a strong gift of discernment and and uh, the Lord has blessed me with some prophetic gift. And people will say, well, who told you that? How did you know that? And I don't know anything. I don't, I still am not really sure who belongs to this church. A couple of you, I, I think I know belong here. But nothing has come from Keith and Jamie. So I, I just want to get that out of the way. Especially since I'm going to say some of the same things you said already. Thank you so very much for dipping into my sermon. What I want to talk to you about today is that God wants us to be big so we can do big things for him. God wants us big so we can do big things for him. And this is uh, from Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants. You just say, no longer infants. It's a hard thing to look into a congregation and see passies and diapers, thumb-sucking because of immaturity in the spirit. And, and and will you allow me just to share what God's given me? Will you allow me to do that today? From a heart of love. Because God wants us to be big. You know, our children often express their dreams and, and desires of how big they are and, and when they will be big enough to do certain things. When... They have a little trike. They want to know when they're going to get a two-wheeler, right? And you get the two-wheeler, and they want to know, when will I be old enough to ride my bike up and down the block? And then when they ride their bike up and down the block, they want to know, when are they going to be big enough to ride their bike to the store? And as they get older, you say, okay, you can ride your bike to the store. And then they want to know when they can drive your car to the store. They're always anxious and, and looking to be a year older than they, they already are, right? Even on their birthday, if they're 12, they, they say, well, I can't wait until next year when I become a teenager. Well, you just had a birthday. You just turned 12. Enjoy that. But they want to uh, rush their age. Uh, God gives us every opportunity for growth. You're going to hear me say this over and over because he wants us big. He doesn't want us to be infants. Um, and I mentioned the fivefold ministry, and maybe some of you here are uh, uh, prophets. I, I haven't met you, and um, would love to have a conversation with you before I leave. Or apostles, evangelists, 
I don't know. So we're going to talk about pastors today. And as Keith mentioned, my husband and I, we pastored for uh, about 22 years. And when he could no longer pastor from the pulpit, he pastored from his wheelchair. And when he could no longer pastor from his wheelchair, he pastored from his hospital bed. He was an excellent pastor. Not a perfect pastor, but he was excellent. He would have... um seizures and go out. And I remember one time in his, uh, when he was in a wheelchair, he, he went, he had the seizure and, you know, I immediately called 911 for the paramedics to come and of course the um, firemen come. By the time they reached our, our house and walked in the door, he was just coming out of that seizure. Firemen had walked in and he, um, you know, asked him, do you know where you are? Do you know what your name is? Do you know what day this is? And, you know, of course he was like, yeah, 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 I know. And I also know that the Lord wants me to pray for you. And that fireman, um, in all his, his coat, his jacket, his hat, he took his hat off and he knelt at the side of my husband's wheelchair. My husband laid hands on him and prayed for him. And, you know, I, I, I was sort of like, mm, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So he just prayed, and after it was over, I, I I walked out, and they were my husband didn't want to go to the hospital, and they said, well, if he changes his mind, let us know. That fireman turned to me and said, I've been wrestling with something, with God, and your husband addressed it tonight. God wants us big, whatever condition we're in, wherever we are. He's always big in us, and he wants us to be big. And even from his hospital bed, there were uh, nurses that I met years after he had, had passed that would see me in, in just random places and say, you know, your husband ministered to me when he was in the hospital. I was going through this, I was going through that, and he prayed for me. And that, that just always, it blessed me. He shepherded his flock. He affirmed as needed. He rebuked when needed. He prayed because it was needed. And he loved them because it was commanded. That's what a, a good shepherd does. And so the word tells us to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. God has um, through the blessing of teachers and evangelists and apostles and pastors, uh, in other words, his leaders, uh, given us that opportunity for growth. And the concept of leadership is not new. It started in the Garden of Eden. Yet people respond to leadership as though it is a new thing. Oh, someone's going to instruct me? Someone's telling me what to do? Sound teaching and preaching the Word of God feeds us. And just as a parent feeds their child good, nutritious food to help develop strong bodies, bones, muscle structure, vision, brains, study after study shows that a child who is undernourished will not develop, right? 
Anybody familiar with that? That if you don't feed a child what they need, they can't think well? Okay. The brain remains undeveloped. But that child will also struggle to learn in school. And the same thing applies to us as born-again believers. When we don't eat a balanced diet, we can't develop. We can't learn it all on our own. That's why God put teachers and pastors in place to help us have what we need for balance, to have a balanced diet. Um, Sometimes you have children that don't want to eat certain things, and that's all right. We had five boys and one girl, and when I cooked, I let them know that I was cooking in the kitchen, not a restaurant. So don't call your special menu out to me. Everybody's eating the same thing, and, you know, if you want it flavored a little differently, that's fine, but we're all eating the same thing because I can't afford to fix six different children meals, okay? And God gives us his word. And sometimes it's taught one way in one flavor, and we all eat it. And sometimes it's taught another way, but we all eat it. If, as long as you know it is sound doctrine and being taught from a, a firm foundation, it grieves my heart to see so many Christians whose growth has been stunted. doesn't even sound like it should be so, but it is. So until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, what are the obstacles to maturity? Whining in our spirits. So we have to know where the Lord wants us to serve and serve there. I arrived at uh, the church I'm currently at about three years ago. The church I was attending, um, I loved that church. I thought that was just a, a wonderful church, perfect for me. And um, in every way, my children were serving in ministry, and it just was a good fit. But the leadership was dysfunctional, and after a while, that church imploded. I mean, it blew to bits. We, we, we didn't even have enough to have a church split. Just members scattered everywhere. And so many of us found ourselves homeless, so to speak. And I had visited my current church on, on occasion because they had a healing prayer service. And I, I talked about that last night. And I was really just fascinated with all of the healings that were were happening there, and um, they had this service on Friday afternoon, so that's where I ended up going when my church shut down. I didn't go there on Sundays, I only went on Fridays. Um, and eventually, I started going on Sundays, but I only went there to hide. I went there to, to heal because I was hurting. And I knew that I would never do anything 
any work in that church. Why? Because it was an Anglican church. And I am not Anglican. I am very Pentecostal. And that was fine because I knew I could, could hide there. No one was going to say to me, come sing on the worship team. No one would say to me, come and teach. I was safe. I thought. And eventually, I, I realized that the Lord was intending for me to stay at that church, and I started whining. I don't want to be here. This is not my church. These are not my people. I do not want to be here. And I whined, and I whined, and I would pray and say, Lord, um, it's nice that you sent me here so I could heal, but where's my real church? Where do you really want me? And it was always the same answer. I want you right here. I had no idea that God wanted me bigger. I thought I was pretty big. But he wanted me bigger. You know what I'm saying? He wanted me to grow even more than I was because he had bigger things for me to do. So obstacles to our maturity is whining. and it, So it's not just you all stop whining. I had to stop whining. I had to see the hand of God and understand that it wasn't about what I wanted, but it was about what God wanted. I'm laying down. I want to know you, Lord. And so in order for that not to be a lie in my heart, I had to lay down what I wanted. I went and visited a couple of churches, I want you to know, because I really didn't believe that's where he wanted me. I thought maybe I got something wrong. But every time I went somewhere, I was pulled back to where I am now. Tantrums. Spiritual tantrums are obstacles to our maturity. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you can nod. Has anyone ever had a spiritual tantrum? Not one nod. It is just me. Oh, you don't have to raise your hand. But what you're telling me then is that you love everything God has ever asked you to do. Is that right? That you have enjoyed being 100% obedient to everything God has, has called you to. Is that right? No. I know better than that. We have tantrums because we like to operate on the soul, the soulish level, out of our emotion. We don't really want to do what God says. We like to say that we want to do what God says, but we really don't want to do it. And if you want to grow, I'm talking individually now, and I'll get to church later on. If you want to grow in God, you can pray all night long, and you can read Genesis to Revelation, but until you submit yourself to the hand of God and to his will, you will not grow. You will be stunted in your growth. Now, we, you know, as Christians, we, we, um, 
We have a special language, right? I believe in God for big things. And I know the Lord will do blah, blah, blah. And God is good. And then what do we say in response? Come on, say it out. All the time. And then I say, and all the time, you know, we know how to communicate as as Christians. We have it down, but sadly, when God intends for us to do something and we throw a temper tantrum, that means we haven't quite, quite grown up. Anyone in here that's a parent and had a child that's thrown a temper tantrum, you know what that looks like, right? And you know that uh, it's not a good thing. It, Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord told us, he said, I, I know the plans. I know the plans I have for you. And they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They're plans to give you hope in a future. I need you big so you can do big things. Follow my plan. And what is his plan? What's another obstacle to to, um, maturity in Christ? It's being out of control. Have you ever been around children that are completely out of control? I mean, just brats. Just, just, just the worst. Um, <laughs> I was, I was at a, um, we have a store in North Carolina called Food Lion. And I was at a Food Lion grocery store, um, maybe a year or so ago. And this, this little child wanted whatever the candy was. I, I don't know. I was ahead of them. And he just carried on with his mom. I want this. She said, no, not now. But I want it. No, you don't need it. And you know, you, you anybody? Yeah. So it was just a back and forth, back and forth. So finally, mom gets down to the little boy's level. He's about six or seven. And she said, Mommy does not want you to have that right now. Mommy said no. And do you know what the little boy did? He punched his mom in the face. Little bitty kid just punched her in the face. And you could tell that she was just so, so stunned and, and embarrassed. And, you know, I was ahead of him and I just, you know, I just felt so sad for her because what do you do? Your your child is out of control. Your child wants to be the parent. And we used to tell tell our kids, and and, um, we say this, you cannot be the mommy of mommy. You cannot be the daddy of mommy. There's only one mom and one dad, and it's not you. And how sad when that happens in church family. We're called a family for a reason. And when you decide that you want to be the pastor of the pastor, that's out of order. It's out of order. And... Like I said, we pastored 22 years, so I, I've seen something. I've had some experiences. 
you can't be a pew pastor and a minister and a in charge and everything else and override the person that God has set into leadership. It doesn't work. It stops you from growing. Stops you from growing as a family. Stops you from growing as an individual. And I understand what you were saying and Thank you for covering the gossip and the, what else? Complaining. I don't have to get into that. But that is an obstacle to maturity. I know it's quiet in here and it's, it's going to get better. I promise you it will get better. But let's, let's deal with the hard stuff now. The vision for Monroe was revival. And the city cannot be revived on, be revived on its own. Just like a child should not try to uh, raise itself. A child should not be left at home by themselves day in and day out and expect that that child is going to mature well. In order for Monroe to be awakened, We have to be awakened. And as the host church, you know, I think that's why I was, I was crying so much this, this morning during the service. To be the host church and just go back to complacency. As I, I, I mentioned the first night, to just go back to church as usual. What a waste of time and effort. I was praying, Lord, let there be, if there's just one person who will say, I refuse to be the same as I was last week. And that will just take a stand and say, whatever that looks like, Lord, I want you to use me. I don't want to be this. I don't want to stay the same. I refuse to be the same. I will not be lulled back to sleep again. Revival has to continue here. It has to be watered and nurtured here. But only under the right circumstances. So what are the right circumstances? What are the right circumstances for growth is blessing one another. Blessing one another is is how we grow. You know, we, we have often settled for happiness or comfort or wealth when God just wants us to be blessed. He wants us to speak a blessing over one another and speak a blessing to one another. You know, I, I have certainly settled for being happy um, or comfortable. I haven't had the opportunity to settle for wealth yet, but, you know, that, <laughs> That, that might come and don't. <laughs> Thankfully, God wants us to be blessed and to bless one another. And, and as Pastor Keith said, which is so amazing because he did not see my message, don't bless and curse. 
Yes, you can do it out of the same mouth. James already told us that. It does not work well. You want to come on up here and help me? It does not work well. And when you're in the practice of blessing and cursing, you're not growing. You're not growing. The same little child that will stamp their foot and say, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. And then turn around and, you know, put their little chubby arms around you and say, I love you, Mommy. That's one thing. We expect that from a little baby, right? But do we expect it from folks who say they've been Christians for 20, 30, 40 years? Then we will no longer be infants when you bless one another. Think blessing instead of gossip. Think blessing instead of cursing. And how do we bless how do we bless one another? When you pray, what is what is the thing that you know? The thing that you have heard about someone that may be true or may not be true is the thing that you should ask God to bless them. Now, you won't have insight on how to speak a blessing over anyone unless you not only are born again, but you are filled with the Spirit of God. Why is that important? Why is it important? Because you're not a son or daughter if you're not led by his spirit. And you won't be big. Now, I think Keith at some point is is teaching on that. And I'm going to leave that to him. But if you don't hunger and thirst after righteousness... You have no appetite for the things of God, then you won't grow. And growth is, is paramount to a church being big, to do big things for God. Not being the mega church that you talked about, it doesn't matter. But the big things for God have everything to do with the kingdom, building it up. This is not the kingdom. You do have a nice sanctuary, by the way. This is not the kingdom. Kingdom is out there. And you will only do big things if you're big enough to do them. I'm sure that Lindsay, as sweet and cute as she is, is not going to do the ask God for a long time. Because she's not equipped. She's not ready. And when I look and see spiritual, again, thumb-sucking, pacifiers, diapers, it's time to grow up, church. It's time to grow up. We have less time now 
than we've ever had before. We're taught, I, I heard, um, keep mentioning just some of the things that are going on in the world, the addictions and um, the political climate, the racial climate. Our young people are facing so many difficult situations in school that we couldn't have even imagined going through. And yet we're content to be the babies and send the children off to school. Unprepared. Uncovered. Because our, our, our prayers are earthbound. It, I don't know, does Lindsay pray? Why not? She doesn't know how. She's a baby. And when you have been a born-again believer for years and don't know how to pray, it's time to grow up. Absolutely. It is time to grow up and to lay down all your religion and get to know the Lord. The other thing that I was grieved about is there are um, some here, and this is not a second altar call, but maybe it should be. But you know in your hearts whether or not you are truly born again. And there are some who are, are here today that um, think they may be born again, kind of hoping that that is the case, but don't have a real assurance. I hope that in the, the days to come, you will spend time with God and ask Him to come back fully into your life if you even think He's not. If you feel like you've been stunted in your growth, if you're not moving, If you don't think you're ready to do big things, then I'm sure that, uh, I don't know what your, your culture is for prayer, but I, I, I feel, I, I just feel such a burden for some of you who are not where you need to be, not where you desire to be, not where God needs you. And he is not telling me to call you out. I'd like to come to you. I'd like to spend some time in prayer with you because this is very important. In order for this church family to do big things for God, everybody needs to be growing. Everyone will not be on the same level. But you ought to be growing and not content. I'm not content. I won't be content because there is always more. There is 
always more that God has for us. And all we have to do is ask. Don't your children run in the house and in the kitchen sometimes say, I'm hungry, what do we have to eat? They let you know when they want something to eat. It's time for you to let God know, I'm hungry, and I want more of you. I need more of you. Father, I pray that you would prick hearts, that you would change minds, that I would not be seen as a a form of entertainment or... Isn't that nice what she has to say? It's time to come clean. And it's time to be honest with God. Even if right now you cannot be honest with one another, the thing is that God sees us and he knows our hearts. And those, Lord, who are sincerely seeking you, sincerely want to grow, I pray that you would grow them up and make them giants in this church family and community. That they would encourage and inspire others to lay their religion down and to seek your face with their whole heart. You're so good to us, Lord, and we love you. We bless your name. We bless your name. We thank you, God, for the good, the hard, the difficult in your word. Because our desire is to be more like you. In Jesus' name. This podcast has been recorded live at Crosswalk Community Church. Services are held every Sunday at 10 a.m. at 925 South Telegraph Road in Monroe, Michigan. 